This is the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. Barstool Talk Daily. Except it's really early in the morning and no booze. For the most part. All right, thank you so much and good morning, everybody. And welcome to our Friday show as we are just about ready to kick off the weekend. It won't be long now, and we will be into this weekend. Thank you for joining us this morning, and we have a very busy, very exciting show for you. Uh, Let me run down some of the stuff, and uh, then we're going to find out what everybody's working on in their own department. Coming up, we've got comedian Polar Bear who is going to drop by. Polar Bear is uh, pretty big on BuzzFeed, I was told. (laughs) Okay. And, but here's the thing that got it. Part of his pre-comedy career was he was the cameraman for Alex Jones. You know, the chemicals in the waters that are turning the frogs gay, dude? Interesting. And he's got a lot of stories about going out (laughs) to videograph and, I. you know. Did he have to videograph actual frogs turning gay? You know, I don't know what his timeline with Alex Jones well, was, excited. but that's exactly how I responded when I found out. <laughs> so we, we've we never had Polar Bear in, but he's, uh, <laughs> you know, getting a lot of attention on the comedy scene. And then this whole other thing of him working for Alex Jones is just a bonus. <laughs> so Brandon, I'm, I'm sure you'll have a lot of good uh, Alex Jones related questions. I wonder if he was the guy. Alex Jones went and infiltrated this thing called Bohemian Grove like 20 years ago. It was one of like his big, first big exposés. And that's where a bunch of rich people gather around in this private resort in Northern California. So he's in there. He's like, oh my God, I can't, I can't believe we're seeing this. Oh, oh look, they've got a de- demonic owl. It's just like this corny getaway weekend for rich nerds oh. is basically what it is. So I wonder if he was, I wonder if Polar Bear was the cameraman when that happened. We are going to interview Metal God. By the way, that is uh, copyright. Rob Halford has the copyright on Metal God. Sweet. So Metal God Rob Halford has a new autobiography. It's called Confess the Autobiography by Rob Halford. Rob Halford is the legendary lead singer of Judas Priest. And this was going to be their big 50th anniversary tour mm-hmm. all across the world. North America, Europe, Asia. <laughs> Guess what? It got coroned. So, <laughs> Yeah. So we're going to talk to Rob Halford coming up a little bit later on what, on, well, it still is their 50th anniversary as a band, but that's on the way this morning. Comedian Steve Byrne also coming up later. He's got a show that debuts today. It's in some theaters, but it's also on Amazon. And Movie. Uh, what'd I say? Show. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's a movie. It's also gonna, you're gonna be able to get it on TV. So, uh, Steve Byrne's new movie is called The Opening Act, which is semi-autobiographical, uh, and we're gonna talk to him coming up a little bit later. Nico's gonna drop by. I'm making a list. If I sound a little distracted, I make it a to-do list for Nico. So, here, here's what I got. Mm-hmm. He's gotta feed and water the dogs. He's gotta water the plants. One of the dogs? The dogs oh. is plural. He's got to water the plants. I don't want to come back and find a bunch of brown, dry plants. Uh-huh. Oh, 
He's got to keep an eye on the front porch because I went a little crazy on Amazon Prime Days, it turns out. I mean, I don't remember everything I ordered, but I did see the receipts, and there's a bunch of stuff coming, so he's going to have to keep an eye. <laughs> so he, he's, I've got to continue that list, but, oh, he's got to set up the ping pong table. I'm going to play some hot ping pong when I come back, <laughs> get some games of ping pong going on. I'm going uh, this weekend to my friend since fourth grade, Joe Ware's wedding. And I don't want to brag here, and this mm-hmm. is no joke, so brace yourself. He's getting married Saturday, and they have rented. Once again, n- not a word of this is untrue. Uh-huh. They have rented uh-huh. the fanciest barn in the entire county. <laughs> <laughs> to have oh, their- a barn wedding. How fun. <laughs> Those are very fancy looking on Pinterest. I feel like you're in for a treat. I think you're. <laughs> I think like the attire is jeans. Nice. So jeans uh, and a nice shirt. Yeah, probably. <laughs> so I'm do you go- have a cowboy hat you're gonna wear? And a big belt. Do you buckle? wear cowboy hats I, to events? You know, not usually, unless it's uh, you know, unless it's appropriate. My I got un- a picture of you like a cowboy mo- hat. Yeah, like a mo- one of the beer fests. My uncles have like beer hats for our beer hats, cowboy hats for every occasion. Yeah, I got a formal cowboy hat. <laughs> I got a semi-formal cowboy hat. See, I've got a casual. I got a business cash. I got a cash Friday. <laughs> <laughs> I got all that. Sure, I'm texting through and through. Uh, so we have a lot coming up. Let's go ahead and talk about what uh, we have on the way this morning. Let's start with sports. Brandon and the Astros keep it alive, right? Yeah, they were able to do it in a walk-off yesterday from Carlos Correa. And Dak Prescott went to social media letting everybody know he's doing just fine. He's doing good. He's ready for this uh, recovery. Plus, the match started with Tiger versus Phil a few years ago. It was just called The Match. Mm. And then we had The Match. where The one that was the pay-per-view? Yeah, the pay-per-view. And then you had uh, Tiger teamed up with Tom Brady and Phil Mickelson teamed up with Peyton Manning. Well, they've already got The Match 3 Champions for Change scheduled for November 27th, except Phil Mickelson's going to be the only PGA uh, member there. It's going to be Phil and Peyton versus... Romo? Steph Curry and Charles Barkley. Oh, God, no. That's going to be a massacre. Well, they haven't said Barkley the can't they're play. Gonna, they're going to play with some... They, they're going to have to. they got to play with some sort of a handicap or something. But that's what's being reported, and that's what they're going with. I saw a thing one time where it was Tiger Woods, and he was playing just him against three guys who were scrambling. So, playing best ball. That means all three of the guys on that team hit... And then you take the best one. Yeah, whichever drive was the best that you want to play, you take that one. They get three putts at every putt. And it was Ken Griffey Jr. and then a couple other celebrities. None of them pro golfers. But also the thing was, every time Tiger won a hole, they were allowed to take one of his clubs out of his bag. So I think the first thing they took out was his putter. So he just started putting with his driver or his three-wood and still was like draining putts from 20, 30 feet. That was a pretty crazy format. Um, who oh won the God, thing when it wild. when it was Tiger and Phil, uh, or Tiger versus Phil with Peyton Manning and uh, whoever else the other one was? Um, I believe Phil and Peyton won that because Tom Brady he was not doing well, and then he remember he sunk that that uh, like hundred yarder or something like that, like chipped in from a hundred yeah, out like he, a wedge yeah. in, and then but, but that was like the one highlight for them. The rest was really it was all Peyton and Phil. 
That was a lot. That was the one that a lot of people were saying was a ripoff. I think it was on Thanksgiving weekend, and people were like, "I can't believe I paid seventy five dollars." No, no but, this one. Remember, this is the one that was played oh, when oh, the oh. pandemic had hit. The first and one. This was like the yeah. yeah. The first one was that Thanksgiving weekend, and that's what this next one's going to come up as. But that one with uh, Brady and Manning. That was the one where that was like the first sporting event that we had after COVID nineteen had hit. And did they pay per view that one, or I believe so. Joanna is uh, going to pull some double duty. She's going to do news as well as entertainment. Let us know what's on the uh, headlines for entertainment, Joanna, first of all. Well, the estate of a late Holocaust survivor is now suing the creators of Borat because she was interviewed and thinking that she was going to be talking about the Holocaust and, you know, enduring that. Well, it turns out that she was doing a Borat movie instead, and she knows what the... The, what usually Borat movies are about, and she's not happy about it. Okay. Is this for the the Borat movie that's coming yep. out this month? Correct. She wants her interview to be removed mm. from the film, and it's, I don't know. All right, well, that sounds, I mean, late. that sounds awful. Right. But then I've also heard him make things that, like, sound, oh, I can't believe he did that. And then when you see it, it's like, oh, no, in context, it's actually funny, but I can't imagine how about news headlines? What do you have uh, as you're filling in for news this morning? The dueling town halls are over, and according to a number of people, there isn't a definite winner. Did anybody watch the town halls? No. I fell asleep. I tuned it in. I watched Biden a little bit, and then I flipped over to where Trump was supposed to be, and it wasn't on. I thought they were on at the same time, and I thought, did Trump back out? I don't know why they had some other show. It was ABC, right? No, it was NBC uh, yeah, it was, for Trump. It was NBC Apparently, for Trump. What happened? Uh, Biden got 30 extra minutes of airtime, so maybe you tuned in when Trump's was already over and Biden's was still going on. Yeah. I, I didn't tune in at the beginning, I can tell you that. However, so. the star of last night's town hall with Nodding President lady? Trump, the uh, no, the lady that tried to shoot her shot at President Trump, Paulette. Shoot her shot? Yeah, she was hitting on the president. Oh, the one who complimented his smile? She's like, you're very handsome. Uh, <laughs> oh, and he's Lord. all, thank you. And then like he waits for everyone. Yes, agree, everybody. Uh, all right, so we're going to have news and we're going to have that whole circus uh, coming up. <laughs> it's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. Uh, one of these real estate sites put out one of these lists just to trick morning show DJs and talking about their website. <laughs> uh, so according to isoldmyhouse.com, these Great are the <laughs> these are the places you want to buy if you want to see UFOs. So they identified the U.S. cities with the most UFO sightings. And they factored in how much it costs to buy a home, so taking those two things together. A lot of them are around the desert southwest, so not, not all that far away. Uh, none of them are... Well, there is one in Texas, actually. I was going to... There are two in Texas, I take it back. So number 10 is Mesa, Arizona. Number 9 is Phoenix. Uh, number 8 is Orlando. Number 7 is Dallas. Number 6 is Albuquerque. Number 5 is Tucson. 4 is Houston. Three is Philadelphia, two is Columbus, Ohio, and the number one spot, if you want to buy an affordable home and see a lot of UFO sightings, is Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. <laughs> they say there's a bunch of UFO sightings, and the average home cost only $168,000. Do you think seeing a lot of UFOs, probably uh, the main factor is how close you are to a military base, 
uh, especially like a like a military base that that has a lot of flights, and especially military base that might be doing like experimental flights, and maybe how clear your skies are. Mm-hmm. Like it's a big it's a big comment. I think that's maybe why so many places in the desert are uh-huh. on the list. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. I think it's worth a few minutes to talk about. Um, the new orders that are in place. So if you're in El Paso, this this could affect you. If you're not in El Paso, just listen to what's going on here and keep in mind that if your numbers start getting too high, something like this could happen to you. A record high in coronavirus cases and an increase in hospitalizations prompted El Paso officials to implement new restrictions. And this is according to the El Paso Times. Brandon, your your article earlier this week kind of called it. You were talking about how we were down to only nine ICU beds, ICU yeah. beds in the in the area. So here are some of the changes. Mayor DeMargo on Thursday announced that starting today, occupancy at non essential businesses will be limited to fifty percent. It had been seventy five percent. And then at 9 o'clock, restaurants will be limited to takeout and drive through Bars remain closed in El Paso County, except a lot of bars have figured out some very sneaky ways to get around it, <laughs> which they have. Uh, also, no visitors at old folks' homes and nursing homes, facilities that care for the elderly. Yikes, did you see the numbers today? I haven't. I was Did watching they just get come over. They must have. Yeah. What are eight, the numbers for today? Eight hundred and thirty-eight. Oh. So that's the new. That's the new high then. Yeah. Yeah. Yesterday, yesterday. Yesterday was seven seventeen. Uh huh. And today's over eight hundred. The mayor said, and we're going to talk to the mayor in the uh, El Paso hour coming up later. But Mayor Margo said indoor sports will be put on pause, and spectators for outdoor sports will not be allowed. Except but for locomotive and UTEP football, I I thought they also made an exception for high school sports. That's what he's taking away. No, no, they made an exception for high school sports. No, I thought it was just those two. I thought well, it was that's only what the story says. I thought what I had heard yesterday, but you know, it's going to be hard to get everybody to take this seriously when you're like, well, you can't have people over. You're not supposed to have people over for Thanksgiving, but you can go to a minor football game. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <sighs> like somebody's going to say, wait a second, so I can go to a football game, but I can't have a few friends over for Thanksgiving? It just doesn't compute for a lot of people. I think these loopholes and things. And look, I, I think when people post things like this, they're more calling into question the threat, and I don't want to come across like that, but they kind of have a point. But I'll say, <laughs> they don't have the point exactly on the button, but they do kind of have a point when they post things like, oh, so the virus magically goes away at 9 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I think they're arguing from a point of, oh, this is a hoax or whatever, but they maybe even accidentally make a pretty good point. If you were serious about this, what do you mean nine o'clock? I think I had heard somebody say that, you know, uh, one of the experts say that back in February, March, if we did just really seriously shut shut stuff down, like quarantine people at home, we could have, you know, in a month. Look at the states oh, we that just did need that. Two weeks. 
We and just needed two weeks of that. Look at this. Look at the states that did that, and look at their numbers, and they're they're down, big time. Well, they point to countries like South Korea and China. You know, in China, well, you've got uh, a look, repressive government that can enforce. I'm also that. not believing any numbers that come out of China. I'm sorry, I'm not going to be the conspiracy theorist about everything. But same here, I'm not going to believe what China's telling us. Um. Gatherings at parks are limited to groups of 10 or less. And, uh, yeah, there you know, other restrictions that I could go into a little bit later, but... I wonder, are they going to have the, like, the playgrounds open for the parks? Because I, I would see a bunch of people at the park with their kids on the playground, and it just gets like the Rona. They're all touching the monkey yes. bars, and there's nobody out there. And you with know, their, kids when they sneeze, they little booger eaters, man, it's everywhere. Oh they're yeah, like Asha! and it goes everywhere. They're barely human. <laughs> <laughs> but Dr. Fauci, along with uh, about 80 people, signed this one document that says that the herd immunity that the White House seems to be embracing is a bad, bad mistake. So Dr. Anthony Fauci, the nation's leading expert on infectious diseases, called it out and slammed the suggestion that herd immunity is going to be the way forward here. Dr. Fauci said the declaration has a couple things in it I think are fooling people because it says things that are like apple pie and motherhood. All right, Dr. Fauci. If you just let things rip and let the infection go, it's ridiculous because what that will do is there will be so many people in the community that you can't shelter or protect who are going to get sick, get serious consequences. Fauci said you'll wind up with many more infections of vulnerable people, which will lead to hospitalizations and deaths. So, you know, we're at 220,000 deaths somewhere around there. Yeah, somewhere around there. See, Trump has this doctor. Like, he just went around until he found a doctor that kind of went along with... He's like, I liked what you said. Yeah, right. It's like doctor shopping. You know, you go to five doctors (laughs) who won't give you the prescription for Adderall or whatever, and then you find the one who does. I want a second Mm -hmm. opinion. So that's uh, Dr. Scott Atlas, who has convinced the president, not that he needed any convincing, but, you know, is saying, well, we need to just let, let it rip through and let all the young people catch it. So we can get herd immunity. Dr. Fauci, who's an actual expert, says that that is a terrible idea. And there are a bunch of other infectious disease experts that say it's also a terrible idea. But at a rally yesterday, uh, Trump talked about Fauci a little bit. Okay. Most of that is half-truth. And then some of it's a flat-out lie. Early on, Dr. Fauci had said don't don't go out and hoard ppes you know because there's there'll be a shortage and they need it for emergency workers and he didn't say under any circumstances i think he specifically said the public now doesn't need to go out and buy masks no Trump says he keeps Fauci around, not because he's a medical expert, because he's, he's a, nice a nice guy. guy. You want to hear some random facts? Let's do it. You think I got time to hit these? Do it quick. All right. I take our random facts very seriously. Like, I don't want to 
put out anything that turns out to be bogus, so I, I fact check it, and I do the best I can. And I think we do pretty well. So uh, these are three random facts. There's no topic here. and they, All the facts have been vetted to make sure that they're accurate. Some of them you will find surprising. Random fact number one. A woman sued Quaker Oats in 2009 for false advertising when she found out the Crunch Berries in Captain Crunch... Not real berries? Weren't real fruit. Oh, <laughs> but a judge dismissed the lawsuit. By the way, Captain Crunch, not a real captain either. <laughs> yeah, right. He was an admiral. <laughs> yeah, he never he never made it higher than Ensign. Rate of fact number two. Michael Jackson really wanted to play Spider-Man in a movie back in the 80s and 90s. But... I just want to shoot my webs. I just want to shoot this white goo from my hands. Whoa, what? He knew he would never get cast. So in the 90s, he actually tried to buy Marvel Comics. And apparently he was serious about it. He wanted to buy Marvel Comics so he could play Spider-Man in a movie. Oh, you killed my Uncle Ben. You shouldn't have done that. I'm going to shoot my white gooey stuff at you. There he goes. Ooh, now y'all covered in it. Spider-Man, Spider-Man, attracting boys is my plan. Hey, now! <laughs> and our final random fact, random fact number three. Tom Hanks' brother Jim does the voice of Woody in everything except the Pixar movies. Tom Hanks' brother, Jim, handles video games, dolls, TV specials, everything else. So if you're watching anything other than a Pixar movie, that's Jim Hanks, not Tom Hanks. And he talked about it about, I don't know, 2011, I think, is when he talked about it on the Graham Norton show and uh, explained. Oh, my God. Turns out... Jim not only sounds like Tom, but he also looks enough like him that he was Tom's running double in Forrest Gump. Ah, he was able to do that weird run, huh? See, I was wondering if it was that I one where, where he runs and it's it's that real robotic run, you know, that Forrest Gump, or is it the one where he's in the red running suit, he's running back and forth across America? Yeah. It, was it that part? Here's maybe, a little, maybe all of them. Here's oh, my a, God. It's Tom Hanks, but bald. Does he look just like Tom Hanks? Yeah. Well, the next time you have, uh, you know, a, a a Woody doll or anything I had that's a not Woody doll, really, and it would go. There's a snake in, in my, my boot. boot. Well, this here's another example. This is Tom Hanks' brother Jim, uh, voicing Woody. Uh, I think this is a Woody doll. Oh, you lied to me, Disney Pixar. You learned something. Every you know, time we do random facts well, on this the thing show. Is, is a lot of these voices, do you know who will do Buzz Lightyear? Like, obviously, it's Tim Allen during the movies, but do you know the other big voice that does Buzz Lightyear? Who? Patrick Warburton. The guy that what? does Putty from Seinfeld. Oh. The Tick. All right. I don't, you know, I don't believe Tim Allen doesn't have the spare time to do the voices. For, <laughs> I, I buy Allen's that about a, Tim Allen's got a, I mean, he's, he's still got a TV show. Oh, that's right. <laughs> they, they did announce this is going to be the last season of that TV show. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. All right, I, I, I should probably move back this true crime report just because it's, it's pretty long. 
and but there are some good stories and polar bear is here along with israel garcia polar bear had to remind me that we actually met a few weeks ago <laughs> <laughs> you ripped down a few weeks ago did yeah. you do any did you do any uh stage time when you were here I, yeah i did a guest spot with john stringer uh, yes john stringer was here and john brought his wife yes at that time and yes you guys came over to the house and stuff all right yeah and i'm totally back on on the page i i'm going out of town today uh after the show's over and the reason is my friend joe wears who we've been friends since fourth grade is getting married uh and his wedding is tomorrow i'm what i'm about to tell you i'm not making up one single thing about it this is absolutely true it's getting fun let's go joe has is getting married he is booked the fanciest barn in the entire county to get married. <laughs> I'm not kidding. This is the night. It's air conditioned. It's the nicest barn in all of Okmulgee County. So I don't. I don't know what. I like. I feel like I can wear jeans. I just don't know. If I can wear jeans. <laughs> I mean, if it's in a barn, you have to. You know, maybe wear some overalls. You know. Do you go? Do you guys go to a lot of weddings? No, 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 right. It's like years between when I go to a wedding. Yeah, you know? yeah. I guess there was a period like when when I was younger when people were getting married more often. But I don't guess I've ever been to one in a barn. I know. No, me neither. And I'm and I'm half white. You know, I'm like <laughs> you figured. If anybody, I, I should have been at a at a barn you know, at, at a barn wedding. But no, I have not been. That's so bizarre. But hey, <laughs> whatever. More power to him. It's 2020. You know, anything can happen. So. Um, when I leave, I got to leave Nico uh, a to-do list just to remind him of the things to do. So Nico, Nico and Jimmy and uh, house sits for me when I'm out of town. Is this like my honey-do list? I, I wouldn't call it a honey-do list. Why do you make it I would, weird? I would say this is your list of things you do because I let you crash at my pad all the time, man. Yeah. <laughs> Feed and water the dogs. Yeah. Okay, you got that. Yeah. Water the plants because I have a lot of plants. I don't want to come back yeah. being a brown, crispy mess. So, Buzz, water the plants. You plant. told me you bought a bunch of all fake plastic, plants. all fake plants. I bought some, but some of them are real. I got oh. them sprinkled in. But oh, I, I don't did. know which ones like, to water. I got tired of plants dying, <laughs> polar bear. Uh-huh. So, I just went to Hobby Lobby and bought a bunch of fake plants. I'm like, <laughs> nobody gets that close to them. Yeah. They're not going to see. Buzz bought craft moss, like moss that you would put on like uh, wedding invitations or something uh-huh. to decorate a craft with. Yeah. And he was like, can you put this outside and make the back look better? Yeah. <laughs> I was going to like, yeah, make it look like there's some kind of creeping moss on the thing. Like he wanted me to put the moss on the pool. Uh-huh. All right. I need you to focus. All right. I need you right here. I need I need your help making him focus. Yes. Come on, Nico. Focus, dude. You got to check that, that uh, porch. Because I went a little crazy on Amazon Prime days. Wow. Yeah, you didn't buy anything for the house that we needed, like a Ninja Air Fryer. You don't know. Or I don't know. Any I'd... cooking utensils. <laughs> Here's the thing with buying online. <laughs> what I usually do is it's getting late at bedtime. I might be a little sleepy. And then I also, you know, I pop a, a prescription sleep aid. Just help me because if you don't go to sleep, and you got to yeah. get up so early. It sucks. Yeah. <laughs> There's a period of about 30 to 45 minutes before you actually are unconscious where you're in this semi-state. You're right. not fully awake. You're not really asleep. And I order a bunch of stuff. So when it shows up, I don't know what it is. So bring all of the Amazon boxes in and don't open them. Oh, <laughs> Christmas wrap them. In yeah. fact, I'm not going to go that far, but there's a like an artificial Christmas tree in the attic. 
if you got that down, put all my Amazon boxes under it. That would be yeah. a really sweet surprise when I came home. Yeah, you got Can a you nice tour list to do. I'm just going to take all of your old stuff and throw it away. No. Like no, all no, the no. old beer bottles. No. Uh, all the expired food. You should food. probably get rid of those old beer bottles, though, Buzz. Yeah. Tell tell Polar Bear in Israel about the about the antique beer. He has antique beer. Antique. And it's like he thinks aged beer is something. Like it's not. <laughs> I, they don't, don't, age, I don't. Age beer I don't think that. Like, but I don't think that it'll make you sick or anything. Does it taste like polio? It tastes. <laughs> you know, it, it mm, tastes this is some good botulism. <laughs> it tastes like poverty, like in World War One. <laughs> it tastes musty. I don't know how to explain that, but it tastes a little musty and mm. kind of skunky. But you know, I don't mind doing these things for you because it's better than going to the wedding with you. <laughs> well, you said you wanted to go and like be the video. I didn't say that. You kept trying to get me to go. I thought you were going to be his plus one to this. I no. do have a plus one, and I don't have anybody to go with. With, and then I was I was telling him like how are you going to explain me to your friends and family yeah, in a barn? It's my house in a barn. Nico, it's in a barn. <laughs> the kids are going to get like right. in trouble. Dude. Hey, you got to be is like this is my house boy. Yeah, I, I, I don't think his family would accept. I that. I feel like they would understand though. Oh, my family's not going to be at the wedding. Are you crazy? They're not. No. no. Are, are we, would we be staying with them? Oh yeah, yeah. We'd be okay. staying with my mom and dad, but they're not going to Joe Ware's wedding. Okay. Wow. They barely go to church anymore. I mean, because of COVID <laughs> yeah. and everything. I did, I did want to go just to interview and ask the people who knew Buzz when he was younger questions that probably I won't be able to get to ask ever again. Uh, and I think that's like a missed opportunity. Like, what was Buzz like, you know, before? What else do I need you to do while I'm gone? <laughs> he doesn't care about Are they going to have social distancing <laughs> oh, at the barn? Did you see the yard guy this week? Are they going to have social distancing? No. Yeah. I, it's like, like y'all need to stay six feet away from the pigs. <laughs> 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 Not touch the donkeys. <laughs> and while you're at it, why don't you let them chickens out right over there? <laughs> what I've found through all this, going home and visiting my family and visit my folks, is, first of all, it's a, it's a red state. You know, yeah. so they're not taking it seriously. And America. it's also a rural area. They take it way less serious than they do in, like, the cities. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, probably nobody's even going to be wearing a mask. Oh, yeah, probably not. COVID? I ain't worried about no damn COVID. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead and bite me. I don't care. What, what are you worried about? The pandemic? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, conspiracies right there. Tell you what. My mom just texted me. She's worried that you are letting all the porch pirates know about your Amazon packages. <laughs> <laughs> of course. You know, that's a good concern. Yeah, nice buzz. Yeah. Him Way to just there. tell everybody stuff's going to be on. That's why you need to check it every day. All right. Get out there. And, I'm not on a major thoroughfare or anything. I feel like somebody would yeah, really have to Yeah, your house is kind of hidden. Yeah. Speaking of conspiracies, Nico said that you used to work for Alex Jones, but you can't <laughs> freaking talk about it. Yeah, I, I signed an NDA, so I can't talk about a lot of it, but. You can talk yeah. about some of it. That some of it. All right. segue buzz, buzz. Yeah. <laughs> You're damn right it is. Speaking of pandemics, um, I knew it once I said it. Once I said it, I was like, oh, hell. There I, it is. Look, I, I respect an NDA, even though it probably wouldn't stand up in court, whatever. Right. But I got to at least ask you a little bit about it yeah. before you leave today. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, That's fine. Just to, to a couple ground questions, just base level questions. When? Was it early? Was it before he was syndicated? Was no, it, it was uh, it was after. It wasn't long ago. It was actually my last job that I quit. And really, yeah, yeah. Were you with him through the whole? Like he thought the parents at Sandy Hook were. That was after. At, it was years after that. And wait, it was you worked there years after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Years after I. Oh, I started so you working mean there. like within the 
Oh, years after you started working there. You, no, no, no. It was like, so So the Sandy Hook thing happened, and then I guess like maybe six or seven years passed, and then I started working there. Okay, well, the Sandy Hook thing must have happened like... I think 2012. Yeah. So yeah, like so eight years like ago. like probably 2017 to 2019. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, like at that point, he had already like admitted he was wrong and yes, had yes. gone to court. And yeah, yeah. Said that, uh, I don't forget what he said. I, I will tell you this, the dude is a character. He is he will take care of his employees. He's a he's a, a lovable dude, but that dude is a character. Like, I got I gotta ask you, and I, I, if you can't answer, you can't answer, but I, I want to get into it more a little bit later. That's fine. No, it's fine. I don't like him putting chemicals in the water to turn <laughs> the freaking frogs gay. <laughs> you, know, you know, I'm not gonna lie to you. That's actually a pretty good voice of me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Fox, if you if you want to get your stuff, you can go to infowarstore.com. You can get your alpha power. This stuff right here is gonna turn you into a pure Americana to help you fly the globless. Okay. You could get a bucket of cream corn that will last you for 200 years if you get it right now. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. <laughs> I've got hot blood coursing through my veins. <laughs> ah! Ah! Ah, folks. Folks, if you're joining us right now, we're with uh, Buzz right now, and uh, I just got to tell you, Buzz is an all-American. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna be on the I'm gonna go on record right now. Buzz, you are a straight all-American. Thank you, Alex. I mean, I think you created football, man. I'm yeah. just I'm just saying, you know. I might have like George Soros and the Globalists. They're probably gonna want to take you out. I got to tell you something. Right. I got an invitation to this year's Bohemian Grove. Wow! And they gave me a plus one. Do you want to go? Like, officially I, this time? I'm already going to raid it, but yeah. <laughs> if you want to go out and you want to do your thing, go ahead, man. All right. I'll see you from the bushes. We've got uh, <laughs> Polar Bear here, also Israel Garcia, and we've got today's true crime report. So uh, everybody enjoys the true crime report. Let's jump right into it today. Actual crime stories from around the world and across the nation. Here's a uh, story. The DEA just made the largest seizure of drugs ever in California. More than 2,200 pounds of meth and almost 900 pounds of cocaine. (laughs) They say that it's enough meth... Okay, this is honestly what they say. It's enough meth that they could provide a dose for, quote, every man, woman, and child in the United States and Mexico. Wow. <laughs> and instead, they're probably just going to throw it away. Or we could just give it to West Virginia. <laughs> they'll, they'll get rid of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, would, it would only last about a week in Boone County alone. <laughs> That's a that's a good Friday in West Virginia. <laughs> Here's a story about a criminal who can't stop robbing Taco Bells. It's like he's a he's a criminal, but he he's kind of a one trick pony, and it's all Taco Bells. 
Police in Pennsylvania put out a warrant for a guy that they connected to a Taco Bell robbery, but it turned out he was already in custody in in another state for robbing at least 30 other Taco Bells. <laughs> 30 of them. Yeah, so they got him in Pennsylvania. They tracked down a burglar who broke into a Taco Bell in the middle of the night and stole 300 from the register. They found him thanks to a shot of his license plate on the security camera, so that tripped him up. When they ran his name, they found this is not the first Taco Bell that he's broken into. He's been arrested for breaking into at least 30 other Taco Bells in Kentucky, Ohio, and, yes, West Virginia. (laughs) I knew it. Nice. It's that meth, man. 30-year-old Joshua Logue is from Columbus, Ohio, and when the police put the warrant out for him, he was pretty easy to track down. He was already in jail in Indiana for breaking into another Taco Bell. He's facing multiple felony charges. Why are Taco Bell? What are you in for? I broke into 30 Taco Bells. (laughs) (laughs) Got a bunch of mild sauce packets if you want them. Smuggled them in. The whole story reminded me of, uh, of an ad campaign that Taco Bell hasn't had on for like 20 years. (laughs) <laughs> nice. Run for the border of Indiana. That's funny. There's another crime story that involves a fast food restaurant. A truck driver went to a KFC in Memphis, and they got his order wrong, so he went back through, walked back up to the window. I guess he got out of his truck and walked to the window, demanded a refund, and they gave him his money back. Problem solved, right? Right. Obviously not, because as the man was leaving the parking lot, he decided to do a drive-by shooting on the KFC, which had just <laughs> wow. given him his money back. <laughs> as he was driving off, he fired several shots into the restaurant while people were inside eating. Oh, jeez. One bullet shattered a window, and a few more made it through the outside wall, but luckily no one was struck by a bullet. Police are still looking for him, although a security camera got a decent shot of his face. Believe me, I've been there. Like when I order a thigh and a leg and they give me like a chicken breast, I can't eat that. That's too dry. Uh, dry it's like, white dude, meat. Yeah. You've got one job. Yes. Get It's chicken. Yep. Just get the right pieces of chicken. Yeah. yeah. Or when they don't give you the extra crispy, you know what I mean? No. They I mean, just give I, you the regular. I crispy. want the original, but sometimes they give me the extra crispy. It's like, what is oh. this garbage? Are you order a lot of food and you get it? <laughs> <laughs> When you order a lot of food and you get a Dr. Pepper and they give you a diet, Dr. Pepper, like, hey, okay, now you're just being, <laughs> all right. That's so passive aggressive. KFC's got, uh, folks, KFC's got hormones. You got hormones, you got GMOs. <laughs> Fluoride. Everything. Fluoride. It's turning the frogs gay. It's going to be a lot of soy in the chicken. It's turning our men to women. That's what's going on. Not that there's anything wrong with that. You know, whatever you do, that's that's on your time. I don't mind, but, you know. For me, I'm all American. I'm a man. So, anyways, here's a story out of Florida. Uh, a guy attacked his girlfriend's adult son because the son had left him some bad Yelp reviews about his <laughs> restaurant. <laughs> Uh, sounds... the, the stepdad, I guess. I don't know. Do you call somebody a stepdad? Like if you're a grown up, like an adult, and your mom marries somebody after you're an adult, are you like, oh, that's my stepdad? I don't think so. I, that's just sixty-year-old <laughs> 60 Dan Aaron's is the stepdad, I guess, and he owns a restaurant near Tampa called Georgia Boys Barbecue. <laughs> oh, he's not. Mar- he's not the stepdad because he's not married to the 
to the guy's mom. His girlfriend's son, not a fan of him or Georgia boys. <laughs> As I'm looking through the police uh, report, it, it might have had something to do with the fact that Dan, the Georgia boy barbecue guy, got arrested back in July for assaulting his girlfriend, the mom. Uh-huh. He spent 11 days in jail for it. So, yeah, you know, his son might have a beef against him over that. Yeah. Now, uh, Mr. Ahrens is facing more charges after he attacked his girlfriend's son for leaving negative reviews about Georgia Boys Barbecue on Yelp. <laughs> hey, that's my mama's. That's my mama's sauce. <laughs> uh, he had to make the assumption that it was the it was the girlfriend's son because two reviews under two different names popped up on the restaurant's Yelp page and talked about how awful the food is. There's a screenshot that says it's garbage barbecue. (laughs) The other Yelp review says you wouldn't even feed it to your dog. (laughs) It's not clear if the son actually posted him. What's important is that Dan Aaron's thought that it was the son. He must have figured, oh, oh. that's the son. Getting trolled. He's trolling me on Yelp. Eat this barbecue and you'll sleep with your mom. Don't go there. Don't <laughs> sleep with your mom. So Dan showed up at the mom's house, saw the son inside, started chasing him around. Eventually, the chase led out to the street. Mr. Aaron's landed some punches on his girlfriend's son, and now he's facing charges for battery. Wow. Oh, Florida. <laughs> like hitting them with ribs. We got one other story. Normally, I don't do a lot of international stories because once it comes from one of these far-flung places, it's like, oh, okay, well, that sounds crazy. There's not really any way to verify that. You right. know, but, but some of them are so good. A smuggler was caught at an airport in India with two pounds of gold in his uh, prison wallet. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Up in his unspeakable uh, place where the sun doesn't shine. That's where two pounds of gold are. Gold is heavy. Yeah, that is. But two pounds is still a lot of gold to have up there. Don't cough or sneeze. (laughs) They say that the man uh, was was pulled out for further inspection after customs officers noticed he he was walking funny. In the British press, he's being called the man with the golden bum. <laughs> That's awesome. He was arrested for smuggling 12 bars of gold in his keister. Wow. And uh, yeah, customs officers say he was walking in a suspicious manner while exiting the plane. Oh, that means he, he got it halfway. He got it most of the way done. He'd already gotten on the plane and got to where he was going. They searched his bags. And found eight gold bars weighing a total of 800 grams. Wow. Hidden inside LED lights. Were they like bars? They were bars in the bag. All right. I'm still getting to the part. That doesn't include what was up his up his butt. <laughs> still suspicious, the customs officers x-rayed the suspect and discovered 12 more bars of gold in his <laughs> pooper. <laughs> He's going to be popular in jail. I mean, when you picture like a gold bar, you know, you're, I'm picturing the same thing you are. Like when they show the inside of Fort Knox, that's, yes. but that's way more than, these must have been tiny little bars, yeah, right? Yeah. Little, but little, he had uh, two pounds up inside there. So they're calling him the man with the golden bum, wow. but I have come up with another nickname for him that I think is more appropriate. 
And here it is. And he's got a theme song now, too, thanks to me. There's a coin shortage. I mean, I'd take it. Yeah. <laughs> it's gold <Yeah>. coin. Gold sphincter. we always take it too far i feel like like we always just we always just overdo it so folks they're gonna talk about goat's (laughs) factor they're gonna have a news report on cnn's fake news You don't want to listen to them, folks, okay? Gold Sphincter, I met the guy. He's a nice guy, you know? He bought me a bear, he gave me a gold coin. I, got I still got it. Where I hung is it? it up. I hung it up over my bed. So where I sleep with my wife, I just think Gold Sphincter now. So. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. Brandon is playing that because, first of all, it, I mean, say what you will about Alex Jones, but that's hilarious. I mean, just that whole <laughs> that whole act is, yeah. or it, maybe it's not an act, but it's it's hilarious. But Polar Bear used to work uh, for Alex Jones, and it, once again, I I respect like you can't talk about everything, but I I got to at least try and squeeze as much as I can out of you. So See what what, can go. what did you do for him? Uh, I was the social media guy, so basically I uh, did all his Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, all those posts. All right, so I've always wondered this about about Alex. Does he know that he's mostly full of crap, or does he sincerely believe everything that he says? No, he's very passionate and believes a lot of the stuff that he talks about. Does like, he believe all of it, though? I I think he does, but there's sometimes, like, even when I was working there, he would talk about something, I'm like, oh, okay, I'm just tune this out, because yeah. this, <laughs> you know, this doesn't sound like anything, like the the whole interdimensional aliens and then the uh the cows that have the uh, he was saying that cows have like something where they have something like in their body and wait i i want to find out about this but you're saying this is something did that ever make it to air or is this just like what he would he would muse about off air no he he would okay what's the deal with the cows so basically, if I can remember this correctly, because I kind of like, I zoned out. I was like, all right, this is getting weird. I just don't even want to hear this, you know? <laughs> just give me my money, give me my check, I'm out of here. But basically, he was saying that the cows, like in, in their, their body, basically their back, they would have a hole in it, and they would have something in there. I can't remember exactly what it was. I think they were doing like clones or something like that. I could be like completely way off, but it was something. A if you hole look up- in their back. Did he have a piggy bank in the shape of a cow when he was a kid? <laughs> <laughs> what do you that, They're putting in gold bar golds. <laughs> gold bar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, if, I'm sure if you look up like Alex Jones cows, you'll probably find something. 
Didn't, so, wasn't part of his legal defense that he plays a character on air? So, yeah, there, were, there was something about that. It was like a thing that, with his ex-wife or something. And yeah. He said, oh, I'm, I'm playing a character. Oh, man, his ex-wife is crazy. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but, well, she was smoking hot, though, right? No. <laughs> no, no, she wasn't. I've seen pictures, and no. She looks like she wants to talk to the manager, you know? <laughs> no, dude. Yeah, but I thought part, part of what he said was, I don't mean all the things I say. There was something like that, and I remember asking somebody there when I was working there, and they said that um, one of the attorneys said that on a newspaper, and they were like, oh, well, sources say that Alex said, and it was like always trying to like bury him and 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 make him look bad so it's i don't know how that dude survives to be honest with you like mm-hmm. he gets so much bad rep and and bad publicity and he gets all kind of lawsuits against him and and he's but Is he's he always good like, with the ladies <sighs> have you ever seen somebody try and hit on him or pick him say up? the line no, that he was to it, say about the about the what about the girls that when i was young i used to date <laughs> do it in the alex jones voice <laughs> So, Fox, I'm going to tell you right now. When I was 13, I was sleeping with college chicks, okay? <laughs> it's not bragging when I say that. It's just, that's what it is. It's, you know, Have I, you ever seen the picture of young Alex Jones when he used to work out yeah, all the dude, time? Yeah, dude, he's buff, bro. Oh, my God. He I'm going to bring this up for you. Yeah. I want to see it. I wanna Joanne, see I'm going to bring it up for Joanna. Okay. Um, oh, wow. That's... Yeah, he he was a buff dude. Man. So that's that's young Alex Jones <laughs> no, on the it's left. Not. It is. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Man, wow. I, um, oh, he's that's doing the... all this transformation thing. It's like <laughs> that was the that was the funny the, <laughs> before and after. They're the same. He's the same level of condition. He's just got a spray tan in yeah, one. Yeah, like exactly. the first one, he's pale, and the second one, he's spray tan. And that's probably like he had to do do it for some phony baloney product he was selling, right? He's got a before picture that the only difference between it and the forty five days later is that he's pale in the first one and he's got a he's got a spray tan in the second one. <laughs> wow! Yeah, those are some pictures. What? Yeah, dude. What? No, Joanna, yeah, you never thought. Him. Alex Jones would wow. be a thirst trap. Yeah, look at that. <laughs> yeah, like a young Ryan Gla- Ga- Ga- Gosling. F- feeling a little parched in here. God, the ravages of no, time. No, that's not you. Oh, no, it's totally not. Wow. Yeah. It's what happens when you just fill your brain with political stuff and right. conspiracies. <laughs> I had to get out of there, dude. I was like, man, I, I love the guy. He's He's still cool with me and everything, but just being around all of that, the media and the conspiracies and they're doing this i was like nah man i don't even care about what's going on in politics anymore i'm like ah whatever i don't care (laughs) whatever (laughs) i'm out of that i don't ever have to talk about that again i'm cool cool yeah let's talk a little bit about the election (laughs) no 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 no. i'm good (laughs) i want i want to talk about uh the spike in el paso so uh our show originates in el paso and yesterday we had 717 new cases reported and people are pointing out well that doesn't mean they all came on the same day yeah but those numbers you know come Add out up. at a at, a, at a, a a certain rate you know like today we had over 800 so mm-hmm. that 717 which everybody freaked out about just got blown out of the water by today they got over 18, 1800 cases so they passed a lot of uh new ordinances um having to do with this on thursday morning 
The El Paso Public Library tweeted the case numbers at 717, said, we're slipping, let's get back on track. And then they had uh, an announcement yesterday that is going to affect the hours that bars and restaurants are allowed to be open and what kind of things are going on. Uh, Let me just see here. Yeah, Greg, did Greg Abbott end up coming into town? Yes. He did, okay. Yeah, he made the announcement of the Texas um, Supreme Court. The city uh, said that bars are now going to have to stop serving, or not bars, bars are not allowed to be open. And Okay, so here's the thing that's going on in, in El Paso. So bars aren't allowed to be open. So a lot of these places shut down, and then they came back and said, we're a bar and grill now. <laughs> but what will happen is, and like I, so many people have posted their receipts online. You know, it's like, yeah, we went in and we ordered a round of beers. Well, they came back and brought us popcorn, and on the bill, it said it was the amount for the beers, but they had it listed as popcorn. They charged it, they charged them like fourteen dollars <laughs> for the popcorn funny. and nothing for the beer because they have to sell fifty-one yeah. percent has to be non-alcohol. So, mm. the only bars that are still closed are either so scrupulously honest or so dumb that they haven't <laughs> figured out how to sneak around this thing. Let me see what else they got here. It's hard to take them seriously, though, when it's like, look, we've really got to crack down, uh, but you can still go to a college football game. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I heard you all like with the locomotive or something like that. Yeah, or, yeah the, or soccer, the team. soccer team and stuff. So, yeah. But those are outdoor events, aren't they? So, Yeah, they're outdoor events, but they're also putting uh, limits on, on outdoor gatherings, and they're telling people don't have people over for Thanksgiving. You know, like mm-hmm. only have it with your immediate family. But I could see somebody thinking, wait a second, I can go to a f- college football game, yeah, but I can't have a few friends over exactly for Thanksgiving. Yeah. I mean, there's some kind of breakdown. And what somebody had written earlier, and I, I, I get a feeling when some people write this, they're of the of the position that, oh, this is, you know, uh, they're, they're making too much out of this or, you know, we're overly fearful, which I, I don't agree with that. But they kind of have a point, even accidentally. It's like, oh, I guess the the coronavirus goes away at 9 o'clock. Yeah. Or only shows up at 9 o'clock. Yeah, up at right. Nine. It only shows mm-hmm. up at 9 o'clock. Well, if you think- and they got a point. I mean, if it's dangerous to do it at 8.50, why is it? Or if it's not dangerous at eight fifty, why is it yeah. dangerous at nine? Right. The point is, I think it's dangerous at all of them. But I'll tell you my only thinking. Doing these- I'll tell you my thinking because it's not arbitrary. Because the reason that the bars are closed are because that, that's what they saw the the highest instance of cases. And when are bars mostly open? Late at night after nine p.m. So that's that's what they're doing is they're basically cutting down on the restaurants who or the bars who have changed their status to restaurants. And just saying, oh, close close at a normal time. Close at a normal time, like well, a normal restaurant. I think a lot of the things that are bars and have been trying to pass as restaurants and pulling all these shenanigans have ruined it for legitimate restaurants. Right, you know, yeah. because I think it's at the bars after nine o'clock. Look, it's hard to get children and drunks to coordinate and do anything, <laughs> you know, and follow a rule. Once nine o'clock comes around. Even if people were observing social distancing or anything, that all goes out the window. So it's probably as a result of this that they said nine o'clock. Yeah. Well, that's also going to hit you know your places like your Olive Garden or you know whatever. <laughs> if that... you're staying at Olive Garden past nine o'clock, something is wrong with you. Okay. <laughs> Unlimited breadsticks, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, we had occupancy up at seventy-five percent, but they've pulled that back to fifty percent. 
And after 9 o'clock, restaurants will be limited to takeout and drive through But don't you think it's a good point? It's like, wait a second. We, you can't have more than 10 people in a public park, but we can have thousands of people at a college yeah, football that is game. Weird. What, you know, or we can have thousands of people at a soccer game. What, what's going on here? They don't know, man. They don't know anything yeah. about it. <laughs> Are the officials making any money off of this, Buzz? Is there uh, some type of conspiracy behind I saw some of it? that. It's like <laughs> that, that the rich people in town and the politically connected people make money off the... Well, I mean, there, there might be some truth to some of that in that. Is this a George Soros back thing? Is it George Soros? Yeah, is, it, is he making the money off this? Everything! <laughs> it's George <laughs> Everything! He's the nexus of all evil! Um, why Is that what people are saying on, yeah. on a lot? You, you hear that? No, not about that? Soros, but like <laughs> Hunt and Foster. Yeah. Some other prominent names in the, town. Well, I mean, do they... Do they have an ownership in the? I don't know. I don't know why. In the local just, I keep seeing. I think it. they. I mean, they they have an ownership, or Mr. Foster does anyway, in the baseball team. But that was shut down, you know, all season. So if you're if you're saying, oh, this is proof of some kind of big conspiracy to let rich people get away with stuff, it's like, well, it didn't stop them from canceling that entire baseball season. They make more money off of that than they do off the soccer season by far. Yeah. So I mean, it kind of shoots a hole in that. I mean, I. I'm no Alex Jones, but I try and look at all of the facts <laughs> before before I say something. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. Good show this weekend uh, for comedy, but check uh, if you want to online for chain showtimes. You can find that at laughtonight.com. Polar Bear is here, and uh, also Israel Garcia. Israel, you you came up like through the the El Paso system, right? Yes. So Absolutely. You started doing comedy at some of the open Well, you you actually started before that, right? Before yes. the open mic. So that's it's probably this way in towns all across America. Is you you go to open mics. Yeah. It so started, walk me through it a little bit. I started um uh real You know what? I actually started when I was 19 years old, which was really brutal. You know where I would go? They used to have open mics over here at Cincinnati Bar at university. Is it still open? It, Nico would know. Ne- well, it? well it if was, it is, they're they're selling food. But. So, so I would <laughs> popcorn, popcorn. Yeah, popcorn for six dollars, and the beers are for free. Yeah. So I was like really young, you know. So I would have to like beg the owner there to be like, "Hey, let me let me just go up, let me do some time." You know what I mean? So they would let me do stand up in front of all these how drunk good, college students. How good do you think you were at that? Time? I was. Honest. I, I, I was. I sucked. Yeah, I, okay. I was. It was horrible. I would go up and like the 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 patrons, like the college guys, would just be like, "Boo!" Like you know, <laughs> just crush my ninety year old dreams. All the time going up. So, you know, I just started doing shows there, open mics anywhere I got. And then slowly I just kind of I just kind of came up and I got an opportunity with George Jimenez. Actually, he kind of got me at the comic strip and then Bart got me on. And then I did my first time. I, I got a guest spot at the comic strip. I did it and bombed horribly. Yeah. It was a horrible experience. Does like, it make you feel any better, though, when you hear like whoever your comic hero is, no matter who it is, whether it's. You know, whether it's, I'm trying to think, Seinfeld or Dave Chappelle, their stories are pretty much the same thing. It's yeah, like, yeah, of course no, I was terrible yes, when I started. Yeah. Everybody says that. Because right? you have to try jokes in front of people. Like, that's how you create material. You know what I mean? And it's, 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 it's almost like part of the, of the job, of the yeah, process mm-hmm, is definitely. you're going to start off and you're going to, people are not going to listen to you. People are going to boo. You're going to suck. Everything's going to make you want to quit doing it. Yep. But, 
I guess you, if you talk to other comics, you find out, oh, I'm, I'm not uniquely terrible. I'm the same level of, as terrible of some of the people that I really look up to. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Definitely. Bombing, like, I don't know, like, you so. learn to, like, fall in love with it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I hate it. And, and I, you just, you just, you laugh at yourself after a while, just like, dude, I bombed so hard. <laughs> like, yeah. like, it was so horrible, you know? But, like, I mean, then you, you, you start getting your reps in, and it's just like anything else, and you start getting better, and, and you start, you know, you start coming into your own, in a sense. And uh, then you you got to uh, like feature level. So feature yes. is before headliner. Yeah. And then at this point, this is where people are thinking, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out either to L.A. or I'm gonna go to New York. Mm-hmm. I would say here probably just because it's a little bit closer. People are like, I'm going to L.A. You did you did it a different way though, right, Israel? Yeah, I stayed in Texas. I was like, you know, I got lucky because I met John Polar Bear at a free. We did a free a free show, right, uh, for Loteria. <laughs> We kind of met like wait that. wait like like bingo yeah. like Mexican bingo yeah, yeah, they were having loteria and they wanted was, to have a couple stand ups it was a benefit loteria night for the kids in cages <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah, exactly what it was I was like all right whatever that's how we met I was like all right <laughs> what's the scene like in San Antonio it's great actually San Antonio's like already at seventy five percent. So their comedy club, everything's pretty. I mean, it's 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 in, it's a lot different than El Paso is for sure right now. But you got a lot of local folks that kind of stick around that area. Yeah, and, and, yeah, and go around the country and headline. Or do you have many of those? Yeah, no, we get we get a lot of different types of comedians. You know what I mean? They're all coming in, and it's good to, that we're in Texas because California is shut down. And so That's is New right. York. So we're in the best spot right now, at least for comics. I think it's great. There's a lot of great comedians coming in. And, and you know, Chappelle was in San Antonio a yeah. couple of days ago, just like scoping out the place for whatever reason. I was talking to Steve Byrne yesterday, and nice. he he was saying that it was complete, that LA is completely shut down. Like you can't get any time at all. What is it, Nico? Um, I, I had a question for Brandon. Is it true that Buzz got uh, Steve Byrne confused? <laughs> oh, my God. oh my God! Yes, Nico. I, I have the clip if you want to hear. Yeah, it. I would the love to hear that. Who saw time. this coming? Yeah. Uh, oh my God! Jimmy O Yang, a different. He thought agent. Jimmy O Yang was Steve. He was so positive. <laughs> and he was looking at me back. Can I just say, Steve are you going to play it? Yeah. Whether I want you to or not, you're just going to play it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Steve Byrne. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's about him. He's, he's the, not the main guy. He is the main guy. Yeah, that's Steve Byrne. Are you sure about that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, 100% sure. Because I looked up Steve Byrne, and that's not the main dude. <laughs> By the way, I'm pausing this really quick because I was tr- counting yesterday how many times he says, oh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm, I was, a fact. at the time, I dozen. thought I was sure. Yeah, Steve um, Byrne. Maybe there are two. Like the little Asian guy? <laughs> That's Steve Byrne, yeah. No, the little Asian guy is not Steve Byrne. Oh, it is. <laughs> it is? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for a fact. He was on, uh, oh, I forgot that show. Bill Burr was on it, and Jesus Trejo was on it. Sullivan and Sons. Yeah, that's not the little Asian dude that we're talking about. God damn it. The one that, from that trailer you showed us earlier? That's not the same that's dude. That's not Steve Byrne. I think you I forget guys, his name, but it's not super. I, I think you guys are uh, no, yeah, you're you're like a thousand percent. Did you wrong, think man. that entire time the little Asian? <laughs> Yeah, I think that's Steve Byrne. I'm I'm sticking with that. I still think it's Steve Byrne. That's not Steve Byrne. The dude that's up on stage right there. That's not oh, Steve that's Byrne. So what does Steve Byrne look like? Look up Steve Byrne. Just Google Steve Byrne. Stop. 
<laughs> I can't Can we? find his name. Okay, all right. That's Steve Bird. But, but he's also Asian. <laughs> that was his defense, by the way. Okay. He's, he's also Asian. He's also Asian, right? So, like, like they're two Asian people, right? Steve, I don't oh, think has God. ever come. Like he's just this hasn't been part of his route, you know, coming through here. You but know, I'd heard of Steve. No, Bird. The, the interesting thing is, our boss mentioned it yesterday after I told him about that story. He goes, "Dude, he was here like a couple years yeah. ago." Steve Byrne was here. Did you know who's never been here? Jimmy O. Yang. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I don't think Steve Byrne came into the studio. No, I would remember. No, our th- boss said he did a tour and he came through here. Yeah, but I don't think he came in the studio. I think he did. Okay, so anyway, I was aware of the comedian Steve Byrne. 100% and I, you thought that was Steve Byrne. That's really that's funny. We had a pre-show meeting, and he's like, look, it's Steve Byrne. He's playing the trailer for us, and it's Jimmy O. Yang, and he's like, look, Steve Byrne. I knew that Steve Byrne was an Asian-American <laughs> comic. Apparently so all Asian-Americans are the I same I knew people. this was his movie, so when I see it, I'm like, oh, okay, well, that must he's be like, him. He's the main guy. Yeah, you. It kind of makes sense, though, Buzz. I see where you're coming from. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's don't try and defend movie. You, you guys love star. this. You guys love this, don't you? It was hilarious because you were it's like, "Oh, you're so adamant." It's not like, "Oh, like I might be wrong." No, it's 100. percent This is a fact. I know. This. Like you were looking down on us, like you idiots. Yeah, <laughs> I was. That is true. <laughs> That's what I was. Th- I was. Uh, I was on the verge of telling you guys. I was like, "You guys sound so racist." Right? <laughs> Yeah, I bring that up. I'm like, oh, we found out Buzz thinks they all look alike. And he goes, well, I was actually thinking about that about you about right now. Yeah. <laughs> all right, let's uh, get some entertainment stories with Joanna sure. Barba. Good morning, Joanna. What's happening? Good morning. Alina Pinto said on Twitter Thursday that she was fired. A line from- of Pintos? Alina Pinto is her name. Oh, I thought you said a line of Pintos, <laughs> like, a, a, like a line of beans. <laughs> Who is Alina Pinto? Let me get to that. If you let me. Oh, I should just shut up trying to guess who people are, huh? (laughs) Probably. (laughs) But she was fired from her role as a morning anchor on WHDH Channel 7 News Boston after she made a cameo in Netflix's new movie, Hubie Halloween, and inadvertently violated her contract. In the Twitter post, Pinto also thanked her colleagues and viewers for their support. Pinto played a news anchor in the film, which was shot in Massachusetts. Her character, like others in the fictional channel's studio, dressed as Harley Quinn for Halloween and cracked jokes about the outfit repeating faux pas. I thought would have thought that's a thing that your station would... Like, if you got an Adam Sandler Netflix movie, most stations would be like, hey, that's a big yeah. win for the station. Exactly. What, why'd she get fired? For inadvertently violating her contract. She doesn't go into details of what the contract said, but that's what she was fired for. Yeah, they they banned her. They, 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 Are you wearing an Adam Sandler yeah. shirt? Oh, great. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, Adam Sandler, Chris Farley, David Spade. They're banned for making crappy movies. <laughs> hey, Hubie Halloween was great. You I saw it? Is it a good? I'm sorry, I Adam. I liked Sandler. it. It was good. It was funny. Have you seen it? No, I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. No. Joanna seen it. Says it's good. But... <laughs> that's funny. Well, now this chick was fired for being on it. Alina Pinto. Alina. Pinto. Alina Pinto. Yes. Okay. Disney. Is she Asian too? <laughs> oh <God. laughs> Alina Pinto. <laughs> Alina Pinto. Dis- What's Disney. her name? A Q of beans? No, Alina Pinto. A Q of beans. <laughs> <Alina> Pinto. <laughs> Disney 
Disney Plus is running new updated content warning before several titles that contain racist character portrayals. The new updated warning states, this program includes negative depictions and or mistreatment of people or cultures. Let me guess. These stereotypes were wrong then and are wrong now. Peter Pan. Peter Pan. Because what makes the red man red? They're uh, not even showing Song of the South. No, no. That doesn't even Well, they've never really released anywhere. that. Um, now, I saw it in the theaters when I was a kid. They Like in 1978, they had no problem just like, hey, it's a Disney say, classic. Like, Come out and see it. I think I loved it. 1930s <laughs> over here. Uh, the Aristocats is one of them. Peter Pan. Wait, wait, wait. Why the Aristocats? Because there's an Asian the Siamese. cat. Oh, it's right up your alley, Buzz. <laughs> you love now, that. Now, you have to admit, those Siamese cats did look alike. <laughs> we are Siamese. That's Lady in the Tramp. That's Lady in the Tramp? Yeah. And the Aristocats has another Siamese cat. They have racist cats in Lady in the Tramp? Yeah, those are the two cats. Those are the cats that sing that song. That's where the song comes from. The, the Siamese cat from uh, Aristocats is a different one. What does he sound like? Look it up. Uh, okay. I will not reveal. In your mind, like. probably Steve Byrne and <laughs> Jimmy O. Yang. Jesus. I, I guess I've never seen the Aristocats. I thought that Siamese song was from Aristocats. No, it's from Lady of the Trap. All right. What else? Dumbo. <laughs> oh, the crows. The crows. Oh, yeah, man. forgot the crows. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Swiss Family Robinson. I've never seen that. Dude, they're by themselves on an island. Like, what's racist about that? Uh, with its pirates in yellow face and brown face. Uh, it yeah, that'll says. do it. And was that a cartoon or a live no, action? No, a live action movie. Oh, okay. That's what is now Tarzan's treehouse. That used to be the Swiss Family Robinson treehouse in Disneyland. <gasps> I love that treehouse. How about Mulan? I don't... It doesn't say Mulan here. Well, they... What's with you and the Asian thing? Why do you keep bringing it up? You keep doing this to yourself. I was thinking more of the dragon, actually. <laughs> they had a jive-talking dragon in ancient China. No, it's, it's cultural appropriation of the donkey from Shrek. <laughs> and finally, the estate of a recently deceased Holocaust survivor filed a lawsuit to keep her interview out of the upcoming Borat movie, saying that she thought the film was a serious documentary. Judith Dim Evans, who passed away this summer, was approached to talk about the Holocaust by the Borat creators and for, for what she thought was a documentary. According to a lawsuit filed earlier this week, she was interviewed in a Georgia synagogue on January 29th. The lawsuit states that upon learning upon learning after giving the interview that the movie was actually a comedy intended to mock the Holocaust and Jewish culture, Miss Evans was horrified and upset. Okay, well that doesn't sound on brand for Borat. For me, like usually they're making fun of anti-Semites and making fun of racists. It doesn't sound right that they would be trolling it us. Does Holocaust. feel like we have to? Would we would have to watch? Yeah, it, it almost to sounds like we're not getting is. the full representation of what's going on here because that sounds awful. Yeah, <laughs> right. It does. And we saw the preview for the new Borat movie, and and believe me, that scene wasn't included, but the movie yeah. looked hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Hilarious. Have you seen it? Yeah, I saw yeah. The, the trailer, yeah. Borat has to disguise himself, so it's Borat in a fat suit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but this just sounds really off it, the mark. It does. I mean, it doesn't sound like... It feels like we would have to watch it to find out what's happening. Uh, the film, Borat, subsequent movie film, Delivery of Prodigious Bride to American Regime for Make Benefit, Once Glorious Nation of <laughs> Kazakhstan, is set to premiere on October 23rd on Amazon Prime. All right.
don't forget, you can see Polar Bear, you can see Israel Garcia, and you can see him uh, tonight at 7.30, tomorrow 5 o'clock, and there's a 7.30 show. So just those three shows remaining Yes, at the El Paso Comic Strip. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. I, I had to go check this thing because... I, so apparently there was a thing going on yesterday on conservative media... Like, you, you would not have heard about this if you were on, like, regular, reputable news sites, but people were, were like, why are you covering up the big smoking gun? I'm like, what are you talking about? Hunter Biden and his emails. I'm like, oh. Oh, you're, you're part of the media cover-up? Is that what you're part of, Buzz? More I, emails? I honestly, because I, I read things like the New York Times and the Washington Post, you know, reputable uh, you mean news service. left-wing media? Yeah. So, come to find out, I had to look into it because everybody was accusing me of being part of a media cover-up. And I'm like, well, I don't even know what you're talking about. So, I had to go places like Fox and Breitbart, and this is all they're covering. Uh, So, they say they got a hold of a hard drive that says that Hunter Biden got an email from some dude in Ukraine who said, thanks for setting up a meeting with your father. So, And it was in the New York Post, which is a tabloid. It's owned by... uh, I think it's owned by David Pecker, the same guy who owns the National Enquirer. Pecker. <laughs> Wait, so <laughs> by you talking about this, yeah. aren't you sharing? I'm the, giving it Aren't oxygen. you oxygenating this topic? Most of the mainstream media, that is to say reputable, uh, respectable news organizations, chose to ignore this because it's so clearly just a made-up smear. And also Facebook and Twitter also... Uh, dampened or muted when people would share it. So mm-hmm. that's the big stories. They're calling Zuckerberg and Jack Dorsey and all these other people to testify. <laughs> Have you heard what they say happened? Uh, no. What, no. What happens? A computer repairman in Delaware says that somebody that he thinks might have been Hunter Biden dropped off a computer to get repaired. And then they left it there and, after, and never came and picked it back up. So at some point, he decided, I'm going to copy the hard drive and send it to Rudy Giuliani and Steve Bannon. And I'm reading that. I'm like, oh, my God. This is the thing that they're accusing me of being a part of a big media cover-up over? But then I read more details about it. So the repairman, the computer repairman, who says he's legally blind... <laughs> Couldn't be sure that it was Hunter Biden, but felt that it probably was. So you're telling me a blind computer repairman copied, and his first thought was, I'm going to send this to Rudy Giuliani. I bet Rudy Giuliani would love to see this. Oh, my God. Does it hurt to be that dumb? I'm being told uh, we have Rob Halford, but we might might tune in and we're going to talk to uh, you know, one of the producers or something. So let's see who we get when we pick up. Maybe, maybe Halford's not ready. Maybe he is. Uh, hello, this is Buzz. Hello. Buzz. hello? Buzz, it's the metal guy. Oh, is it Rob Halford? Yes, Buzz, it's me. How are you? Uh, hold on. I got to get the, I want to start this with some priests. That's what I wanted to do. Hold on a second, Rob. The metal god. Got another thing coming. Got another thing coming. We uh, have Rob Halford, the metal god, 
and that is a copyright, so don't go around calling anybody else the metal god. It's Rob Halford, and confess the autobiography by Rob Halford. Yes, sir. Hello, everybody. It's your metal god tuning in and spreading the, the gospel of confess, and, and so great to be with you guys once again. Talk about everything that's going on in the metal world. Yeah, let's let's talk about your fiftieth anniversary year, which kind of got that parade got rained on, right, Rob? <laughs> it was like it was like Noah's flood, like this, boss. <laughs> oh man, it's been such a it's been such a shame for all of our fans around the world and all of my friends and all of these other great fans that we were all waiting to see. We've, we've had to do what everybody's had to do and readjust their. Their, uh, their, their tours and, and venues and everything. But, of course, the good news is we are going to come and see you guys. We're all going to get ready to roar out through El Paso again sometime in 2021. So, um, yeah, that proverbial light at the end of the tunnel is uh, incrementally getting lighter, brighter as we move along, you know. Uh, so we're optimistic. We send our love and thoughts to everybody that's dealing with the, the, the pandemic. And uh, look forward to uh, busting out some metal again as soon as we can. You know, there, there's uh, one time of the year. Well, I, I'm always talking about Judas Priest because I'm I'm such a Priest fan. But there's one week out of the year, and that that just gets my goat. And that's when the nominations for Rock and Roll Hall of Fame uh, come out. And Judas Priest has been eligible for induction since 1999. And you know what I you know what I think upsets me the most, Rob. When they come out and either you're you're nominated but don't make it in, or even you're not even nominated, it makes me have bad feelings about these other artists that I have nothing against. I have nothing against Bon Jovi. I don't have anything against Whitney Houston. But for some reason, it just puts me in a mood when I see that Priest isn't nominated again. That it gets me thinking negative thoughts about these people that are in. <laughs> well, that's great, Buzz, because you're a massive. You're a massive metalhead, and you love Judas Priest so strongly. And I, and I, I know what your feelings are. I know what your feelings are. I understand exactly uh, what you're saying here. Yeah, you know. Um, firstly, we need some more metal in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and um, it's, it's again slowly but surely it, it'll happen. Our good friend Sabbath are in there, and, and uh, a few other acts, but we need to pack it up, up a little bit more with some. Uh, Screaming heavy metal in the hall. Eventually, one day, I think we'll uh, we'll make it on, onto that hallowed ground, as I call it. <laughs> Does it bother you, or do you not do you not get bothered by it? Well, I tell you what bothers me is is the is the amount of fans that that vote and, and get us through um, round after round after round. You know, I think it's a little bit of a disappointment when a fan vote, which I think is you know. <laughs> That's what should lead the, the, the final decision. It seems like the fan votes um, almost get swept away, and, and I think that's a bit of a disservice to the fans of Priest or for any band that, that, that votes. Because, you, you know, you're urged, you're urged daily, keep voting, keep voting, keep voting, mm -hmm. which, of course, our beautiful Priest fans constantly do. And, um, and again, you know, as I understand it, they're, their votes and they're coming in the hundreds of thousands. But they, they they're valued at like point three point three four five of one half of a percent, or something crazy like that. 
So it is, it is, it is frustrating on on that side of it. You know, um, it's a bit like over here with the electoral college and the, and the people's vote. It's just very, very strange. But you know. I want to talk a little bit about the book, which is Confess, the autobiography by Rob Halford. Is Confess a play on the fact that you're a priest or maybe a member of the priesthood? Is that is that like a clever play on words? I'll tell you what it is, Buzz. You know, um, this is my first autobiography, and we'll find out very much if there'll be another one, unless unless because I got a lot of I got a lot more stories to share, but. But, you know, you, you, you generally get one one good go at something like this. And I had a blast. I had an absolute blast making this book with my good friend Ian Gittings, who's my confessor. I sat with him for 40, 50, 60 hours, um, pouring my heart out, uh, which is what I, what I needed to do. And it was very much like a confessional, you know. Ian would take me through my life uh, from... 50s, 60s onwards up until present day, until uh, that horrible pandemic hit and the world stopped on in its tracks to a certain extent. So, confess um, is a very strong, potent word. You know you're going to get something more than your regular run-of-the-mill autobiography. And uh, that's, that's how you know me, but you've known me for a while, and, and you know, and all the fans and everybody... I'm just an open, honest guy, and, and, and this is my life, you know, in, in the form of a confession. You know, you, you are an open book, which is kind of, you know, ironic in a way, since, you know, you had to you had to not be an open book for so long in your life. As a, as a closeted yeah. gay yeah. man, you couldn't be an open book, and, and now that yeah. you are, I mean, that, that really makes my, <laughs> my heart smile. Thank you, Buzz. Yeah, it just for all of us. It does for all of us. We just had National Coming Out Day recently, and every year, people all over the world take that step and set themselves free and, and, and live a, a, a more full, rich, beautiful life. Um, so we go into detail of how difficult it was for me to um, try and walk that double-edged, not exactly a sword, but I, I'd got one foot in one life and one foot in the other, mm-hmm. you know, and it was just... It's difficult for me because I couldn't be honest, I couldn't be open, I couldn't be real. I was having to put a lot of things first before myself. And you can't get through life like that. You know, you've got to look after your own needs first. That's not selfish. That's just obvious, you know. You've got to get your own house, your own house in order and, and learn to live, live yourself and uh, uh, love yourself. And, and then you can live your life through other uh, people. So we go into detail. Um, on that part of my life and many, many, many other things. You know, yeah, it's sure. a great book. It'll make you laugh, it'll make you cry, it'll make you angry, it'll leave you with a lot of questions, it'll make you debate. It's got all of these qualities of human life in it. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. This is the fifth and final hour of the Buzz Adams Morning Show. We've signed off some of our affiliate stations across Texas, but... You know, as usual, we have people listening from, really from all over the world today. I don't know if you checked that chat early this morning, but there were people from everywhere uh, in our chat uh, today. But it is the hour that we can turn our attention to specifically some El Paso stuff. And we're trying to interview, uh, we hope, all of the candidates for mayor with early voting underway. And we're joined by the incumbent, Mayor DeMargo. Good morning, Mayor. Morning, Buzz. 
And I think it's opportune that we're talking to you. We would probably have wanted to talk to you today anyway, even if we didn't have it scheduled uh, in advance because of the uh, the spike in COVID cases. So let let me take uh, let me get, get you to walk us through that first, if you don't mind. We've got some real uh, crises right now. Uh, today we announced. Uh, let me give perspective. Yesterday I announced there were seven hundred and. 17 new positives, a new record, 438 in the hospital and 111 ICU. Today, we're announcing 838 new positive cases, 423 are in the hospital, and 112 are in ICU. Now, let me put this in context for the listeners. In one week, just going back one week, that is a 50% increase in positives, a 49% increase in hospitalizations, and a 60% increase in ICU. Um, so it's not good. On the other hand, we're, de- we're testing over 5,000. We're, we're setting records in our testing right now, which will determine the positives. And we have a lot of positives that are asymptomatic, meaning there's no, no symptoms at all. They're, they're, they don't even feel ill. So, but, um, but usually the progression is more positives, more hospitalizations, and more ICU. I want to read something that is included here, and people, I think, rightly point out to some extent that these don't represent like one day. So here's what part of what it says, and maybe you can illuminate this for us. Uh, these numbers are part of the delayed local results. It goes on to say results are from the tests conducted during the CDC weeks 29, 41, and 42. And it also says staff will work retroactively to retroactively place the data in the appropriate week. Interpret that for us. What does that mean? Well, there were some delays from the laboratories reporting to the state and ultimately to the to the public health departments that record the numbers. But but today the 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 delay the the numbers the additional cases are only uh, uh, sixteen. There's only sixteen delays that are being allocated. The rest is is of recent. So that's that's the concern, and 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 for your listeners, I know the majority probably fit in this category. Fifty-two percent. We announced fifty-two percent yesterday of our positives are from the ages of 20, 20 to thirty-nine. That's where that's where the spread is coming from. I think people are in COVID fatigue, and I understand that, and they're letting their guards down and and removing their masks and getting close up close and personal and the whole bit and. Uh, I'm just saying we can't continue this way. If we have over 15% of our hospitalizations as being COVID-related in our trauma service area, which includes El Paso, Hudspeth, and Culbertson County, all the way down to you know, Sierra Blanca and, and Van Horn, if we, if we have seven consecutive days of over 15%, then the governor can take action and shut us down. The action that we took yesterday as a city that I announced was preemptive. We did not shut down. All we did was reduce occupancy from from 75%, as the governor had allowed, to 50%, and said restaurants, bars are not supposed to be open, but we got a number of bars that have converted to restaurants, must stop serving food after 9 p.m. You can still do takeout. And that's all. We're, that was a. I'm. I'm just trying to mitigate 
limit, and my order can be changed within 24 hours. We get this thing under control, bingo. I mean, I understand the wear and tear mentally, physically, and financially on our community, especially our small business owners who are the lifeblood of El Paso. But we're not going to get it under control in 24 hours. I mean, we wouldn't even have the data no, in 24 no, but my, hours. My point is, if we can do this, if we can get, if everybody will understand how, whether it be four days, five days, six days, whatever it is, the point is, I can act faster than the governor will. Mm-hmm. I can change this immediately. Once we have the reductions in the positives and the hospitalizations, which is the critical component. I mean, the hospital CEOs were calling me on Sunday so I could call the governor's office to get help from a, from for nurses, which we did. And uh, he responded, and on Tuesday we had over 100 come in and who were dispersed among all of our hospitals, including UMC. We're talking to Dee Margot, uh, who is the current mayor running for mayor again, and early voting is underway. Would it uh, be accurate to say that this uh, is the most crisis mode that we've ever been in. I mean, it seems like this is the most dire with these numbers out this week. Well, this is the highest they've ever been. In fact, is I'm, we are, are unfortunately getting national acclaim because of this. Yeah. And uh, I, I, just, I, I just think we just, we just let our guards down. I mean, I understand the frustration. And, you know, and the kids need to be get, back, get back in school and all of that, but we can't. If we're going to continue this way, we're not going to get there. Just, uh, I, I know you can't say for sure probably at this point, but kids were supposed to go back to school this month. Do you think as a result of this there's going to be a delay just so parents might have some kind of advance notice that maybe kids are not going to be returning to class on the schedule that was set out earlier? I was called on Monday by the uh, some of the superintendents in the Region 19 and, and uh, Dr. Ocaranza, our our health authority for the pandemic had met with all the superintendents over Region 19. I think it was Monday, and uh, they wanted to delay given our spikes. And um, the commissioner of education was saying, "No, you need to get back to school next Monday, this, this coming Monday." And the problem you've got is that the, the, the school districts will not get reimbursed from the state. The, the way they're reimbursed from the state or paid by the state for, for their dollars is by, by uh, cl- classroom population, the numbers of students. And in order to avoid being penalized financially, you've got to get permission not to have to go in, which they've had thus far for the, for the, for the digital distance learning. So they asked me to, uh, because the commissioner was not responding um, they asked me to call the governor and see if I could get him to weigh in, which I did. And uh, I believe, I haven't heard confirmation. I tried to get that yesterday, but I believe our, our request, the request of the superintendents in Region 19 will be honored, and they will get another delay. I mean, given what we are, what we're dealing with right now, I mean, I don't know how you cannot grant us that kind of so, delay. So it would be fair to say that parents could probably expect there, there to be a delay on returning to, uh, to classes. You know, I'm I'm not the final say on this by a long shot. It is the schools are separate, but I would I would venture to say that uh, yes, that would be the case. Now, when you say the commissioner's not responding, he just wouldn't get back and give you an answer one way or well, the other. Well, it, it, 
wasn't it wasn't to me, Buzz. I mean, it was all I was doing was try to advocate on behalf of through the governor on behalf of the Region 19 superintendents. Okay, uh, that's all. We're, the, the, that's a direct dialogue between the commissioner of education and and our superintendents in our county. And uh, and, and all I do is you know like a, a a friend of the court brief or whatever you want to call it, an advocacy. I just was trying to support and get the governor to. Uh, add his influence to the commissioner for that, and I think that was accomplished. I want to ask, since you talked about the bars that are operating as restaurants, a lot of people are posting their receipts on social media, and just, you know, if if you were aware that this is happening and to what extent, but bars will, uh, maybe somebody orders four beers for the table. Well, the beers will come out, but also a slice of pizza, and on the receipt it'll say, well, you owe us, you know, the bill is $14 for the slice of pizza, not for the beers, which seems like a really shady way of of getting around some of these 51% requirements. It is. It's a game in the system. We've had the reports. I encourage your uh, listeners to report anything that they're that they see to, to uh, 311. We're trying to... We're getting yeah, but what happens? Being, I mean, if they report it, what happens? Has anybody well, we're, been we're, cracked down on? Yeah, we're, we're doing... Because they're still doing the gathering. And... Uh, it's, ultimately, that's a TABC oversight issue, but we know they're gaming the system, and we've asked TABC to uh, to, to do more inspections to help us in that regard, because we know they're they're just gaming the system. I mean, I've heard the stories. I've heard the stories of where somebody walked in, didn't have any food, and, and they had a fifteen dollar quote cover charge, so to speak, for mm-hmm. for food. Or the you go in and what you said, you you buy a beer and. And order nachos, and it's a dollar for the beer and ten bucks for the nachos. You know, something. I've like heard that. about some places, and look, you know, this is like social media. You got to take everything, I guess, with a grain of salt. But I've heard it from more than one source that some places just put a COVID tax. So if your bill comes out to fifty dollars, there's a COVID tax on there that go, and that goes toward their totals for for food sales. Which seems like, I mean, that is really stretching the definition of what. You know, fifty-one percent means. That's why we determined that the only way we could slow that down, hopefully, would be to to uh, uh, tell um, restaurants, which they're calling themselves a restaurant, must end their kitchen service at nine o'clock. Okay. All right. So, kitchen service at nine o'clock. Uh, be- before we move on to this, uh, the minor game is going to go ahead. I don't know if there are any um, restrictions being applied to that, but here's something I hear from a lot of from a lot of people, if I can go to a football game where there are going to be thousands of people, but I can't go to a park with 10 people, or I can't have, you know, some friends and family over for Thanksgiving, it, it seems like a lot of people are having trouble taking it seriously when there seems to be such a huge uh, gap there between what they're being asked to do. Uh it's a it's a it's a dilemma. It's a multitude of it's a, uh, I call it a multiple dilemma. Um, the issue on the parks is that we're just trying to stop gatherings, families gatherings, um, family members for the most part are, are fine, but 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 we're seeing lots of things out at the parks where there's contact and and uh, concern there. Uh, I'm frankly not as concerned about the parks as I have been about the restaurants. Would you um, concede, though, they kind of have a point? You know, that, well, no, this I'm is... Not argue, the, yeah. the, 
the logic of it, I'm, this morning I, I was inundated with many uh, uh, emails related to why aren't we controlling the, the locomotives and, the, uh, and UTEP. Well, under the governor's orders, they're separate. Collegiate and professional sports are separate with separate guidelines. And I will tell you that I have talked to Dr. Wilson, and we are comfortable with the safety protocols they're doing. We've talked to the locomotives, and we're comfortable with the safety protocols that they have. And um, but then again, I mean, the, really, the bottom line is when you go to to a store, you go to Walmart or anything else, you got more. There's more there than anywhere else. Well, I uh, see people bringing it up, and I think a lot of it is done from people who are trying to downplay the the urgency and the real threat. But th- even so, they still kind of have a point. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not arguing it. This is just a. You know, this is just a. All we're saying is the bottom line is the, we will never. This thing will not end until there's a vaccine. And I understand Pfizer is this morning announced that they want to have, uh, they think they may have something ready in, in the latter part of November for for use. They're doing some uh, testing right now. I mean, it was just a quick news blurb. But the point is, the only way you can stop the spread when we don't have a vaccine is to wear your masks, maintain distancing, and wash your hands. That's all we can, that's all that the majority yeah. the, of epidemiologists throughout the world will agree with is that's what you need to do. But we're, we're, there are spikes all over. I understand there are, being, there are spikes in Juarez. And, and uh, you know, I'm reading this morning, we read all the, the data. I mean, Dr. Okaranza and I trade medical journal stories. I, I told him I feel like I'm back in college in pre-med before I flunked out. You know, I mean, and, uh, a pre-med met chemistry and was defeated. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and then had to switch to history and economics. But yeah. uh, anyway, uh, that's I, I agree. I'm not arguing that. But my point is, whatever we need to do, whatever it is, wear your wear your wear your mask, wear your face covering. I want to uh, talk a little bit about the campaign. As I mentioned, we've we're trying to talk to everybody who's running for mayor, and uh, early ver- early voting is going on. I know there are a lot of people. We've had a big turnout here. I mean, it's really stunning actually the amount of turnout in just these first few days a couple of issues that i hear being brought up by your opponents i want to bring them out to you and give you a chance to address them one of the things is transparency is there an issue with transparency is it something that the city and and your office should work on being more transparent you know my response would be, okay, tell me specifically what you mean. And I asked that, and I think what I got was there are a lot of things that are done behind closed doors. There are no votes by city council ever taken behind closed doors. There are discussions on personnel and real estate, those type of things that are uh, allowed by state law. But any vote... Any, any issue that is voted on is voted on in public. There are no votes taken in, in executive session whatsoever. You know, I mean, it sounds good. It, it meets the, the political rhetoric out there of, of being able to say, oh, they're not transparent. You know, look what they're doing. You know, blah, blah. But, but if you drill down and you say specifically what was done that was done Non, without transparency, everything is done. Every agenda item 
that's on city council uh, every two weeks can be commented on by, by the public. Every item. State law requires it. So, and then you have public comment, which is just general. And usually that, you know, that's you come in and complain. But, uh, but that's fine. That's what we're all about in, in, a, in a democracy. But uh, there is nothing that is being done in executive session if acted upon is not voted on publicly. I don't think they're suggesting that any votes are going on in secret. I think what the suggestion is is there are backroom deals that might be cut. There are no there are no deals being cut that, that would not be if a deal was cut, so to speak, then it would have to be voted on in the in the public because by definition you're inferring that it, there, there's financial uh, involvement. There's a there's a there's a purchase or there's you know some kind of financial. Uh, impact to that all that has to be voted on mayor margo i'm up against a break uh and i i feel like we spent so much time talking about the the current crisis that i didn't give you a fair amount of time to talk about uh the campaign and the election which is going on if you would be willing to hold i don't know if you're able to do that or if your schedule allows we could take a break come back and and pick up yeah, I can, I can hold. Okay, this won't be long. We'll just take a quick break. We'll come back more with Mayor D. Margo. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. All right, we're back with El Paso Mayor D. Margo, and we, we spent a lot, a lot of time talking about the most recent developments with the shockingly high numbers of COVID-19. And I want to talk a little bit more about some of the uh, city policy stuff, but some people brought some stuff up. I just want to run it by you. Because uh, I thought, well, that's a good question. I don't know the answer to that question. Uh, Mayor, uh, so Michelle writes in and says, are there people from Juarez getting tested in El Paso, and are those being counted as El Paso numbers? Um, probably. You know, if you're, um, if you're a U.S. citizen living in Juarez, or you have uh, um, a green card that allows you to, to come back and forth, where a number of students are allowed to come back and forth. If you're tested here and the numbers come back in, yeah, you'll be included. But, but I don't think it's a significant percentage. Um, one thing before the next uh, question, uh, I was thinking over the break where this issue or concern related to transparency or lack of transparency. Yeah, we were talking about the from. transparency. Yeah. Well, it may be a holdover from Leaser. When he was he and Lamone, uh, little Lamone, were all cited and investigated by the by the Texas Rangers when they had the walking quorum. You may remember that. That's you know, a walking quorum means that you're 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 meeting with more more than fifty percent of the of the council and discussing things that shouldn't be discussed privately should be discussed publicly. And so that that may be a driver for that, but we we haven't had any of those issues. Okay. Uh, the one of the things that I've seen a lot of is asking about taxes. Why El Pasoans, when we have an average income that's much lower than comparable sized cities, are paying much more in taxes? Do you think we're overtaxed, and do you see more tax uh, hikes coming for El Pasoans? Taxes are too high. Mm-hmm. The problem is uh, our valuations. First of all, the, the first problem is where the burden lies. Is seventy percent of our 
property tax base is residential homeowners. So we've got to do more in getting capital investment in to offset that. The burdens on us that are homeowners, and it shouldn't be. So that's an issue. That's why I was doing the economic. I've been doing all the economic development with. We went after you know the Amazon, the announcement of uh, of the uh, TJ Maxx, Marshalls Warehouse Distribution Center, which is going to be almost two million square feet and one hundred and fifty million dollars of investment into property. So those are the kind of things we've got to continue to work on to offset the burden on us. Yeah, but in order to track something like Amazon or TJ Maxx or Great Wolf Lodge or anything else, isn't part of the deal they expect uh, tax breaks and abatements, and and they get them? Well, but 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 Buzz, the abatements come from the investment that they make. They don't come from our city coffers, and they don't come from the taxpayers. They don't. So, for instance, let's say you go out and you want to build an office warehouse and the property you're buying is a million dollars. And you're going to add, you're going to build a building worth two million. Okay. The, the, the only rebate you get is a percentage of the increased value, that two million on top of the one million. The one million still comes in. We still get it. It was raw land. We still get that. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not suggesting they get the money from city coffers, but they do get a break on taxes, yeah, so, so the ta- their tax burden would be less than if there wasn't Which the is the incentive that we have to compete with on a statewide and a nationwide basis. And that's just the way it has to be. That's, uh, but, but, but the point is that I get all kinds of confusion out there, and I want to clarify for your listeners, any rebate is a percentage. The city still gets, you know, usually it's about 30%, so we're still getting 70%. The schools still get 100% of that increase. The county usually still gets it, but they've been participating in more. So remember in your tax dollars, even though the city collects them, 46 cents of your tax dollar, it goes to schools. 29 cents goes to the city. 26 cents goes to the county, UMC, and El Paso Community College. So the bulk of all of our taxes are school taxes. I want to uh, bring in Joanna, who's our phone screener. So Joanna's been answering calls, and for whatever reason, people either didn't want to go on or uh, didn't have time to to wait. But Joanna, you said we've been getting a lot of... Oh, a uh, lot of people are upset with you, Buzz. With me? More the mayor, but also oh, you. More, they're more upset yeah. with the mayor? <laughs> yes. Good. Because <laughs> they want to know, Buzz, why you're not pressing the issue of why they're allowing games at the locomotives and there's... The spectators. That's the first thing. We, I think YouTube. that's like one of the first things we brought up. Right? I said that. Okay. You want me to reiterate? They, they want yeah, well, to know why you didn't press more on that, Buzz. Well, <laughs> let me let me let me reiterate. All right. The governor's orders, which are over, uh, you are above mine, or are the county judges. The governor's directives on all of his health directives separate professional sports and collegiate sports with separate guidelines for attendance and those kind of things. We can't deal with that. We are, that is outside of our oversight, period. Now, they'll talk to us. Uh, we have uh, close connections, uh, conversations with uh, Dr. Wilson. We know about their testing there. Their laboratories are helping us. They're part of our, our public health labs. The, the point is that the governor's directives, which 
uh, usurp ours or uh, determine what happens with professional sports and collegiate sports. There's nothing. We have no authority to do or say anything. We do converse with them. We do know what they're doing for their health protocols, but we don't have direct authority to say you will not hold that game this week. Have you brought that issue up with uh, Governor Abbott when he was in town or, or earlier no, in the week? Get, I didn't see Doctor. I didn't see Governor Abbott. We were kind of dealing with the the announcements yesterday and the pandemic. Mm-hmm. But I have talked to Doctor Wilson. We've gone back and forth. She is she's increased her health protocols for 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 uh, Saturday's game. In what you way? Know, uh, they're going to do temperature checks and some other things and, and more screenings as you come in. Okay. They're separated. The uh, locomotives have had uh, the same type of protocols, the spreading of the seats, where they are. It's only 1,600 in the whole crowd, in the whole stadium. So I don't think it's – I don't think it's uh, – uh, I, I think they're doing what they need to do. And, and the point is we've got this – as I said at the beginning, 52% of our positives are from the ages of 20 to 39. That's our problem. Yeah, and uh, we've we've established that the coronavirus is is less likely to be to be fatal in those age categories. But I think there's also been a lot of good at, uh, science that indicates that those people can sure spread it, even in those. Lower-risk categories. That's true. Uh, Mayor, before we wrap up, I want to give you an opportunity if you're speaking directly to the voter. And, you know, some people have already voted. So I want to hear your message. Why why should they pull that switch for Mayor DeMargo when they go in to vote? Well, you know, on one hand, I'm I'm nicknamed Crisis Boy. Today I feel like Pinata Mayor. Um, I've been through three crises. We're in the middle of a third. I went through the immigration crises. I tried to lead as best I could. Then we had the August 3rd shooting, and uh, which I took very personally. It was an attack on us as to who we are. And now we're in the middle of this pandemic, which is changing almost on a daily basis, as we've talked about. Um, I, I don't think we're going to have we're going to be able to truly quote re. Uh, reopen our economy back to some normalcy. We're going to have to rebuild it. I've been involved in economic development since the 90s. I know how to recruit industry and jobs and investment to El Paso, and I think that's going to be the most critical component of of where we go in the future to affect our taxes, et cetera. uh, We we renewed our budget this year with a $16 million reduction and no tax increases. And uh, while I tried to veto the budget last year with any increases, I was overridden. I'm mindful of that. When I ran the El Paso Independent School District Board of Managers, we had a $20 million deficit recovered without any tax increases. I know that's critical to us. We've got to build our economy, and the only way we're going to do it is with expansion of, of, uh, of uh, investment and jobs. And I think if there's anything that I can do well, it's that. I built a business, I've recruited industry here, and I... Uh, I uh, want to continue to lead us through this pandemic as I've tried to lead us through the other prior crises of immigration and and our August 3rd shooting. I don't know how I can show myself any more transparently than I have since, uh, since I've been dealing with those crises. 
All right, uh, Mayor, thank you for taking the time. I know this is a really crucial time right now. We, we appreciate your time as always. Thank you, Buzz. We encourage everybody to vote. I know we've had over 50,000 vote. We need to continue to vote. Yep, huge turnout. Um, and uh, the same thing that's been said almost from the beginning, wear the mask, social distance, wash your hands. I mean, that really hasn't changed since, since very close to the beginning of all this. And I would just appeal to your listeners to vote one number 191. I would appreciate your vote. All right. Thank you very much, uh, Mayor Margo. Thank you, Mm bud. Yeah, I'm like, I'm I'm talking and I'm, you know, I brought up the thing which we talked about earlier and I'm still seeing people say that I'm playing softball. I I feel like he answered the question. Buzz, it's never (laughs) going to matter. Yeah. It's not like I'm being, I'm being dead serious with you, man. It's never going to matter because people... There are people out there who are only going to hear what they want to hear. And, and also because it. we're running his campaign for him. Because well, he's a Democrat about? and we're all Democrats here. He's not a Democrat. He's a, he's a Republican. He's a Republican. I, I mean, you don't. Him. And he was like, well, you guys are busy running his campaign. I can see why he's not going to press on that matter more. Yeah, whatever. And I'm all, okay, sir. <laughs> sir, this is a radio station. <laughs> <laughs> You know, we had two other mayoral <laughs> candidates yesterday, and I don't feel like I really treated those interviews differently. No. You know, I think I asked. I also feel like the mayor answered the question. Okay. <laughs>